Hey, welcome Crusaders and welcome Pathfinders to Ashes Pathfinders, the dedicated Ashes of Creation podcast now running 49 episodes strong where our Pathfinders uh, venture into de- weekly e- episodes dedicated to all news, all uh, community questions, concerns, thoughts, and of course the development of Ashes of Creation. I'm joined, to, uh, joined today by my co-host, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Daedalus. And of course, I've got to make sure that as always, I give a shout out to our Patreon supporters and subscribers, whether you be on Twitch or YouTube or here on DLive, which is now the home of the Crusade. Also, the only place that we are streaming the Pathfinder show on Mondays, but that will be changing in the future uh, here. Probably, I'd say mid-May, we'll start to notice that this will be streamed on multiple platforms at the same time putting that out there. So uh, if this isn't your gig on DLive, you like prefer Twitch, whatever, it'll be there. It'll be available to anyone on um, multiple places. I just got to work out a couple last kinks there. Uh, Today, though, um, we're digging into an episode related to Pantheon, or as you know, Pantheon of the Gods, talking about the lore and some speculation uh, into the different deities or the gods in the Ashes of Creation universe. Of course, we don't have a lot of information on this. Now, I know that previously this had been covered on one of the episodes. However, it wasn't with Daedalus. And there's been a little, little bit of addition. Um, and it's just a conversation that, quite frankly, I felt like was worth revisiting a bit. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to try and do that today. Um, if you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, anything you want to kind of pop in chat there, by all means, feel free to do so. And we'll try to, like, fit those in as we're kind of moving along. Uh, but, yeah, so... Pantheon of the gods. So essentially, you've got 10 gods, right, uh, that make up the Ashes of Creation pantheon. Uh, These gods uh, eventually had a falling out or a war, if you will, uh, much like we've seen between the whole whole idea of dark versus light. And, uh, you know, the result was corruption. And you had a handful of these gods who uh, support or influence the corrupt side or corruption in the ashes of creation universe. And you have the others who don't. So we know that you can through questing or means of a narrative, you are going to be able to, uh, essentially take up worshiping a God, if you so please at some point in the future. Right. And so, part of what I want to talk about today is like, you know, how do we feel like that could work? Cause we know atheism is in fact, something in the ashes of creation universe that is going to exist. You don't want to praise a God, worship a God. You don't have to. Uh, we also know that there's like the construct of light versus dark, right? Which my paladin brother over here knows we, we enjoy this, this thing. Cause we are, we're warriors of the light. We are very much a paladin in nature and Daedalus and I are. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a smart choice. <laughs> Hashtag get dusted. Um, we have a new GIF uh here in chat. Uh, also, you know what? I want to I want to make a I want to shout out to everybody. Thank you so much for everybody who supported the Crusade, uh, my community here. As we transition over to D Live, we got verified partner uh, last week, and so we are now verified partner over here on D Live TV. Uh, it's a pretty awesome. Awesome time to be over here as this place is kind of booming and growing and everything. Uh, But yeah, so 
talking about the two paths, you know, we know that we've got some goddesses. Uh, we got a goddess of love, a god slash goddess of creation, a goddess of faith. We've actually got some names, which we didn't previously have before. I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but Nortan, uh, the god of hope, Rezna. Uh, wait, I said god of hope, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said god of hope. I heard in my head god of light. Apologies. God of truth, Shoal. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and someone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, TL, if I'm talking to you, um, I believe these names were uh, added in to our data database of information, if you will, during the last charity event that they did where they did the D&D campaign yeah. at Stephen's home. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what's some of your thoughts as to this whole this whole uh, narrative for the, the Pantheon of the Gods? I mean, do you feel like it's kind of straightforward? Do you feel like it's lacking? Are you kind of thinking, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I really like the story. Um, it seemed like a combination um, of maybe some of the more organized religions we have today and, you know, the creation stories, but also kind of including some of what I really enjoy about other cultures, ancient mythology. Mm -hmm. And you've got gods that are like flawed, which is always like, to me, a good time because you've got that struggle. Um, I like the fact that there isn't just one big bad. There's a few, right? And I'm almost envisioning that they're even internally like struggling for power as well. Um, I like the whole Prometheus vibe they had when they talked about, you know, the essence or the secrets of the essence, um, you know, being something that these gods that were corrupted or you know, fans of corruption shared with the ancients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I still have to mess with Steven a bit for this whole essence thing. Even, you know, he says he's not a Star Wars fan. You know, I'm going to say <laughs> Psh, the essence permeates everything. Come on, Steven. You know, I, I, I know you're a closet Star Wars fan. You don't want to admit it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think he's like i'm all trekkie all the way but like in his secret life he's like oh my god i can't wait for this new star wars movie i, I know this is probably gonna get me in trouble but just like agilos is a in the closet elf he is he loves even as an in the closet star wars fan i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that out there yeah um but i do like the idea that like the you know while the story feels familiar right mm -hmm. in terms of you know i would say the framework yeah. Or the, you know, I think it still feels exciting to me. You've got, you know, a classic, you know, battle of good versus evil. You've got something that I found really interesting is initially, you know, all the gods came together to create a race. And, you know, you've had the struggle and, you know, dissension in the ranks of the pantheon. And then you had, um, you know, that war and the, you know, the corrupted gods got banished kind of similar to, you know, God and devil story, you know, kind of those ancient stories. And then at that point, the gods, the remaining gods were like, okay, we kind of messed up. We gave all the knowledge and power to one race. We need to split the race up. Um, and, and that's kind of where I want to really dig into. And I'm really excited about discovering that story. I hope, 
there's Easter eggs out there. So mm -hmm. we learn a little bit more about the ancients and their history in like a real and personal way. I would love to see some religious quests that allow us to incorporate maybe uncovering relics of power, discovering new lore. I want to see some holy wars. I want to see some deity on deity action. You know, are you feeling me right now, Sam? Oh, I'm feeling you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel like this opens up quite a lot and we're going to get a little bit into it kind of later on but mm -hmm. this, this is a potentially really super rich treasure trove of content and i hope the team takes full advantage of it one of the things that they said in a previous live stream that each god has a specific realm that they relate to in the world and its creation so that is i mean it seems like a simple line but there's so much to unpack there is it corporeal? Is it mystical? Could we at some point travel to these realms? Are they located in the world? So are they, you know, unearthly or ex, you know, they're, are they outside of the world? Are they in a parallel dimension? Right. Um, you Another know, Another world completely. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and the one thing that I would have to say really, you know, I feel like the team gets me when it comes to religion is it's not an aesthetic it's a motivator and i'm totally a fan of this because as you all know meaningful choices are my jam it goes together like pathfinders and lightforge baby powder right yeah. i mean it is it is definitely important for me that choices matter and 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 i like how they're continuing to incorporate that choice in each of the um each of the aspects of the game so I'm really excited about this. This, out of kind of all the lore reveals, all the systems, has been one that I, you know, have. It's very close to my heart. As a warrior of the light, I'm I'm ready to to really dig into this. Mm -hmm. And as a lore nerd, I guess too. Absolutely, yeah. You know, one of the things you know, I when I when I look at their description of the pantheon of the gods, I think of I, okay. So I I see from my own experience with MMORPGs, right? Or even just other fantasy movies or games or, oh, I don't know, comics. I mean, hell, if you think about it, it, it vibes with the idea of in the Elder Scrolls universe, you've got the Adric and Daedric princes, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got like Cold Harbor, you've got like, uh, what is it? what's the other one called? Uh, oh my God. This is going to drive me nuts. Oh, I fail. I fail you all right now with Laura. Oh, my God. <laughs> I blame it on the fact that it's a long day, okay? But you have different realms. Like, you know, you got Meridia. you got Molag Ball. You know, you got the other Daedra Princes, and they've all got their, like, little realms that you can, you know, at some point you, you visit some of them throughout the different, um, the different games and or stories, however you want to kind of look at that. Mm -hmm. So I see, like, these, like, hints of a similar kind of uh, framework for these, these gods and their realms, et cetera. Uh, but then I also kind of get this vibe of like, you know, talking of corruption, you think about world of Warcraft is a perfect example for this, right? You had right. these, you had these, these, these old gods, you know, you've got that. Then you've got like, without getting too much into it, you have these Titans, right? And you got like the, how the ones that created, you got Sargeras and how Sargeras is like, He's like he went dark side essentially on the rest of them. And he's the one responsible for the fell. And the fell essentially is corruption. It corrupts everything it touches. Right. And that's how the demonic 
presence kind of exists on Azeroth. If you're a lore nerd, it's all because Fel, you know, came to the realm and infected things, etc. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for that, uh, Medivh. We appreciate that. Thanks for that. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I look at corruption, and I think well, when I see a creature uh, or a person in the Warcraft universe who is uh, who is um, you know infected with fell, they, they visually you can tell, right? For the most part, they're they're infected with the fell. There's you know glowing green eyes. Green is like the color. Um, I feel like here in in Ashes, you know, we might have gotten a hint of through Apocalypse. We might have gotten a hint of what corruption might look like. Um, and I am not 100% sure, but I feel like the ring that, you know, moved in during the BR game mode, that's supposed mm -hmm. to kind of be corruption, right? And it was like a, what, reddish kind of... Um, right. Almost, almost fire appearance kind of... Yeah, kind of flame, yeah, burning, burning mm -hmm. kind of type of situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm totally on board with that. I prefer that way, way more than Greenfell magic, personally, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, they said, you know, there's going to be very rich lore. We already know when it comes to lore, you're only going to get so far talking about this stuff. You're only going to get so far trying to, like, pull this from Steven or anyone else because of one one overarching fact. And that is they want story revealed through the players in their own servers, right, with these, like, alternate realities between different servers. And, you know... Each server has a story, uncovers different truths about the world that maybe you don't uh, get unlocked on one world because of the player choices and stuff like that. So they want the narrative to be told through the player and the experiences that you as a player get and how that kind of culminates. And so backtracking a slight bit on episodes, if we're to talk about what the library we looked at, scientific node, mm -hmm. we know that yeah. that is going to have a you know, chronological order of events as they unfold on the server. Right. right. So way back in the day when we talked about, you know, how is, uh, you know, we know that this alternate reality on different servers is going to be like same world, different choices, different parallel universe, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so now we know how that's going to be, you know, cataloged and that there's going to be a process, not just this, um, I don't know how automated it's going to be, you know, because we know that there's going to be some levels of uh, tracking mobs, for example, or rare drops, et cetera, things like that. And right. that it's going to be, you know, player driven and held to an extent. Right. We know that some of that information can be withheld, withheld. So, mm -hmm. you know, as truths are kind of unfolding on different servers uh, related to things such as lore, as opposed to not just weapons, et cetera, you know, I kind of wonder how that information is going to be, shared you know how are we going to see that unfold how are we going to see it shared between servers um yeah i kind of wonder about that but then backing up to one other thing talking about weapons and drops and things i think it would be cool too to have like some artifacts and some legendary weapons that tie into the gods you know weapons of i mean oh god please give me a hammer or a sword that wields lies a weapon and tie that to hell i don't care what you name the god you can call it yeah okay i do care what you name the god Nothing ridiculous sounding. I mean, something that flows off the tongue with light or righteousness or uh, hope, justice, any of that. I mean, that works for me. I feel like there's got to be some paladins working at the studio. You feel me, right? Right. I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I hope so. Um, I'm hoping so. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, so we've we've got 
I really do hope to get some legendary weapons. And, and especially since we know that these legendary weapons can be repaired. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yo, I want to even like gun. having like a limited use type of situation too. Like, I mean, I just keep thinking of, you know, the idea of religious quests coming out and that being maybe a catalyst to finding an ancient weapon. Right. And there's been a lot of great, um, a lot of great commentary in chat um, about yes. good and evil. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. oh, I, mean, I, know. I, I know, I know we want to talk about that um, later on. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, keep, keep those comments coming. Cause that's mm-hmm. to me where the layers come in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I do, and somebody mentioned in chat, you know, deities aren't race locked. No, they're not. But if you choose a, you know, a religion, you, you're not necessarily stuck with it, but you have to invest time to progress in it and you lose your progress if you switch religion. So to me, it's making that choice meaningful, right? Because there is a trade-off. You walk out other religious paths. Um, And, and I think, you know, we will talk about it a little bit later, but you know, what's, you know, what's the trade-off for not choosing in the line? I think too, that, that would be interesting. I do want to, not necessarily make it like something that somebody has to do, but I think it's a good way again to differentiate your character. If you say I'm gonna always follow the you know the order of, of hope or the goddess mm-hmm. of hope. Yeah, exactly. So talking about the gods, I want to read this one statement just because uh, it, it's it's great. It's great. I love this one. This is like the one snapshot into the idea of the story of creation. Mm-hmm. The story of creation tells us of a race of beings known as the ancients created in the likeness of what was once the 10, which we know are the gods we've talked about. The 10 imbued all of their qualities into one race to have stewardship over all of creation. The power of the ancients grew and a rift divided the 10 in how the in how to accommodate their new creation. Three of the ten separated from the others and began to teach the ancients the secrets of the essence. When the seven learned of this, a great celestial battle ensued. Eons passed as you watched as the fight continued through the celestial kingdom. Some say it was the fight that uh, the fight that created the stars and the heavens we see today. With every blow between the ten, a star was born. When the battle was complete, the others and the ancients were banished by the seven into the void. So now we're talking about a void. The seven found the error of their ways and decided to split their qualities into four races instead of one. And this is how the humans, elves, orcs, and dwarves came to be. You watch as the seven created Vera and placed each of the races within their respective locations. As the story came to an end, a dark figure at a distance grew closer to you until all you could see was the darkness. And you wake up in a sweat after a nightmare. This was part of him explaining some of the lore through, uh, if I remember correctly, this also was from the D&D Pathfinder campaign. Yeah, it was from the Extra Life stream, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of your thoughts about that That just bulk of the story right there? I mean, I, again, I just feel like it, it in, is got influences, you know, mm-hmm. definitely real world influences. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, 
it's a common theme so it's not necessarily something earth shatteringly new as far right. as a theme but i'm okay with that i'm too i feel like it's their own you know different spin on it i like the idea like i said of multiple deities um being the ones that corrupted the ancients or tried to corrupt the ancients and i and i find it interesting that they talk about these ancients wanting to teach you know uh, or sorry the the pantheon that split off wanting to teach the ancients about the essence yeah and in some ways that's a bad thing right and it kind of makes me think a little bit about the order of the iron lion and how that plays into you know the use of magic is magic really the ways of the ancients obviously kind of essence is what permeates the mm-hmm. entire world of vera that's the you know the source of power from magic you know, it just starts the, you know, all the wheels turning about how all these different social structures and religious structures interact. Um, and, and yeah, exactly what you're saying in chat here. Why is, why is that a bad thing? Is it one of those, you know, old sayings that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the more power you gain, I'm kind of getting vibes of, you know, the kind of whole mana addiction that the oh, blood elves have. So it was like, do you have to have some sort of balance? I think at some point there, I could have sworn there was some sort of god of balance in there, but maybe I'm kind of well. We know. have the we have the statues all over of a god, like a, holding the scales, right? I mean, that's been right. that's been a very very uh, ever present present image for a statue that's been in a lot of the especially early early uh, content right. of the for ashes. I mean, it was a it was there in Alpha Zero. You know, yeah. you saw that a lot every time they would do a live stream and they mm-hmm. would show off some of that beginning starter area where you come through the portal and all that. We played through it when we we got to play. We could talk about that. Um, but, you know, that was uh, that was one of the things that you saw, right? Is you kind of started Alpha Zero and that you got to see that even on the live streams back then. So there's got to be some some, you know, deity, God of justice. And it's right. Justice. Um but, you know, I'm looking at all this and it's like, what are the tenants, right? What are the tenants for the uh, greater right whole here? The realm of the lights, right? That's my question. Because then Welcome. within knowing what the tenants of the ten were originally, like what was what was the order? What was their, what, what, what were the tenants they adhered to as this is like the pure form of what we do here, right? Mm-hmm. To where, how, how this is viewed as a corrupt system now. Like, how is it corrupt exactly? What are the... Uh, what are the circumstances of that? And I don't think you're going to know that until you, I don't think we're going to know the truth of that until we're actually playing the game, honestly. But um, I, you know, I noticed in this too, is talking about how they put them in their respective locations, right? We know when the game starts, we're going to be coming through uh, the portal. uh, And, and depending on your race, you're going to go to respective locations, right? The only race that's not going to be in that under that in that scenario is what the Tolnar, because they're right. the beast people essentially that came to be over these thousands of years as everyone else had left to sink this. Like here, here's what's left of humanity and or other life, and it intermingles, and you have these humanoid uh, people that have beast forms. You know, somewhere between reptilian and I guess you could say furry, <clears throat> but. <laughs> But yeah, that's a really good point, right? About the Tolnar, right? They were the forgotten race. Like in, in, you know, in chat, there's been a few comments about that as well, right? Is, you know, 
the the seven races were begotten by these this pantheon. Um, now you've got you know this Tolnar that was kind of left behind when everybody left Vera, yeah. and then eventually they're going to be there when they come back. So to me, that's just a whole new layer. Is how do they fit in? You know, what's their alignment? Are they, you know, I don't think there's going to be any racial locks like we talked about. Um, you know, so there was some mention of that. But it'd be interesting to see how the Tolnar play into that and that religion, mm -hmm. right? Because they're not only an amalgamation of different animalistic types, but they're also potentially could have some influence, you know, by the other races, right, as well. So interesting. Um and that we don't know. I'm sorry, I'm answering a question in chat. Is you know, was questioning is the Pantheon sending us back in? We don't. Know. We don't know. We we've been asking ourselves a question as to how we, what what could. I mean, the main question is the gates just turned back on, and we were like, okay, well, time to go back. We've right. known what the gates on Sanctus were for. Were were there for? We know Sanctus is a place absolutely no magic, right? So you're going from a high magic world to a no magic world and then going back to a high magic world so you know that when you go back through the gate you're already like you're already like the best of the best going through like they don't just you know i mean it makes sense we and look i i can appreciate not wanting to have this whole oh hero you know from the very beginning of a game but you got to think in in this context i don't think it's going to be quite the same thing i think it's a matter of we're going back after thousands of years we got no idea what's over there um, you better be sending your best because you got no idea what you're walking into. And the big question is, what just turned the gates back on in the first place? Is it the Pantheon? Is it that dark figure that comes from the campaign that Steven created, which is this is all from a D&D &D campaign. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, what turned the gate back on? What's on the other side? Well, we know the Tolnar are. Uh, but what else? Because... You know, and then there's all the speculation of, you know, is corruption running rampant? Uh, you know, we know that it's essentially going to be a, a somewhat barren planet. You know, nature's taking its course. And there's going to be some uh, ruins and things like that. But overall, we're going back and that's why we can build metropolises and things like that again yeah one one thing that i liked um and it also came out of that extra life stream is they talked about alignment and we're going to talk about this later but you know alignments of gods to different orders and also to different cities right so you know like you talked about ruins it just made me think of that right are we going to be you know going in and discovering ruins of ancient cities right mm -hmm. is a node going to be around some of these ancient cities that we have to discover right the more I like just keep thinking about it the more I'm really intrigued on how this lore is going to get, you know, pulled out and as different nodes progress, not necessarily divine nodes specifically, but any of the nodes is how does that all work? And how does, you know, how are we going to be able to progress the story by these different discoveries? It just, it, and it just opens up so much and it's really making, in addition to the gameplay, right, which, you know, definitely has to be solid to keep us engaged. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that there there's a lot of thought behind the story um, and a, like and I'm hoping the discovery of that is really unique 
to each server. And I know they've talked about it being unique, but I really hope they nail that part of it because I think that's going to keep people, you know, collectors, explorers, that kind of thing, you know, engaged. So we know, we know, we know this about the lore, right? And I got to ask you though, just a side note here. So if we've got the goddess of love, goddess of creation, goddess of fate, uh, ho, god of hope, god of truth, you feel like any of those? I mean, I feel like truth. If you had to pick a paladin god, the truth. You feel like truth. I honestly, I if I kind of put some thought here. I honestly like the idea of of a god of hope. Hope, yeah. Okay, I was wondering. Because the only reason I say that is because I'm like, okay, you know, people are going to be like, how vanilla can you be? But I always gravitate <laughs> towards a human first, right? A human race first. I mean. Not to say that I haven't had my elf moments, but I do I do like humans. Um, and I, I like the idea of a human paladin. It's, you know, my first character ever in World of Warcraft was a human paladin, right? So I kind of, that's where I usually start. And I like the idea of hope. But I'm, obviously there's, you know, truth is another tenant. And I like the idea that there's virtues yeah. as well as, you know, other things, right? Emotions, those are, um, so I, I do like, I do like that. And I feel like it's an interesting choice um, in comparison. You know, you're looking at concepts or virtues versus emotions. It works. So yeah, Resonance seems like a good name for a paladin god, but you know, I gotta, I gotta go back. You know, I never played a paladin in vanilla, right? did not you know oh, you know oh, I, I i take that back i did play a paladin of vanilla and deleted him because he looked like a woodchuck <laughs> and i couldn't handle it anymore and i decided to go horde and i went undead for a while until bc came out and then i was like oh thank god i can be a elf paladin <laughs> and i that's right because in dagger airs are sexy jealous. <laughs> aggie, aggie poo i got some ears for you <laughs> launch party bro it's coming but yeah so moving on to temples right we know that there's a type of building in ashes of creation that unlocks stage three village in a divine node so at stage three we get temples and they're associated with religion and there will be competition between religions to build their temple and nodes with vacant temple slots mm-hmm. so just some speculation for me is if we know how the library functions, mm-hmm. just we're going to put on some theory crafting here. If we know how the library functions off of what we know about a scientific node, how do we think that a temple could work similarly in regard to religion? If we know, now I'm going to take some things and put them in there as like just some notes to kind of build a baseline off of. If we know that you can worship a God. If we know that you can be an atheist, if we know that there's gods that influence corrupt and non-corrupt side, right? And we know that augmentation is a part of this process of religion, light and dark, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say maybe theory crafter hat here. If I'm worshiping a corrupt God, then dark augmentation 
whatever we want to call it, right? Theory crafting. We don't know anything. We're just having fun with this. And then God of light, not a corrupt God, you know, light augmentation. What are those going to look like? Now, I think we've talked about this way back. I mean, this is like early last year, if I'm not mistaken. And this is like SimCast days, right? Yeah. And in those days, we did some theory crafting with another who shall not be named and you and I. And during that time, we went into each of the different classes that we knew the base archetypes, right? Did some little theory crafting and everything else. And in part of that, we talked about augmentation, how we felt like augmentation could play into certain spells, right? For example, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a uh, we'll, we'll call a pillar of light. We'll just use a pillar of light, for example. Something that maybe only really heals. You augment it to do uh, dark, you know, dark side magic or whatever. And mm-hmm. what does it do? It now damages, right? Maybe it damaged before, but now maybe if you augment it with light, uh, it, if it's dark, you do more damage. If you augment it with light, it might might maybe just now serve as a heal, or maybe it does damage, uh, but heals like a nearby party member uh, or something like that, right? And maybe this ability isn't a, a cleric heal. Maybe this is actually like something else that unlocks through a guild social structure or something, and you get it, right? And maybe it's something that everybody could use. Um, just just some theory crafting, just some random off-the-wall kind of ideas here. But I'm wondering if, in that sense, potentially temples could be used to go and you do, like, daily prayers or you uh, weekly service or something, and it does something similar to, like, well, you know, the skill that you picked up with this line, maybe this you know, righteous crusader uh, uh, order that's out out in the you know wilderness somewhere. You go with them, and you you can maybe now augment this ability, this light pillar that you picked up, and you can now amplify that or make it work differently, or maybe even a passive, like someone in, in chat said, or give me a passive. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good commentary in in chat right now, and and. All that we know at a, at a super high level is that it's going to be a horizontal type of progression. Yeah. Right. So it isn't necessarily going to be like you have to worship mm-hmm. a deity to min max. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we honestly don't have a lot of information and I'm sure a lot of that's going to get shaken out of testing, but I'm expecting like some of the mm-hmm. chat says it might be, you know, a slight variation, you know, maybe a little more damage, maybe a dot, maybe a curse or a buff, or it might be, you know, life steal or life gain um, in some respect. Uh, I'm interested to see how they this plays out. I mean, my theory, based on what they've already shared with the, they you know the first blog on scientific, um, you know, progression is that there would be a library that would kind of ratchet up depending on what it is um you know what level the note is i'm interested to see i'm assuming based on the information we have that the temple and as it progresses is going to be the special node building that you have i find it a little you know maybe this doesn't totally follow that because there's multiple slots for temples but i kind of see this depending on how much investment players do in a particular religion 
that might get that top spot in terms of the temple slot. It might go from, you know, you know, temple to cathedral to whatever, you know, right. You know, Mecca or whatever, you know, the, whatever that top spot might be in a metropolis, right. People go there to worship and it, that God is really powerful there. Um, I mean, I'm wondering how this competition is going to work. Is it dynamic based on how many um, players, you know, invest in that religion? Is it based on a choice that the divine leadership makes, you know, so is it, could it be, uh, you know, could it be player driven in the sense of if, you know, I give enough as, of a contribution as a player or as a guild in terms of running this node, does that mean that, you know, okay, I get the top spot. I mean, I'm hoping it's something where it's dynamic. So it's not always going to be, you know, some guild or some group of players have a monopoly. I want there to be some triggers there to kind of have a change hands. Um, so I like the idea that there's multiple slots that could give you varying type of benefits. Mm -hmm. And I do like, again, that it's it's a player choice. Um, I want there to be a purpose. I mean, as mentioned in chat, I mentioned it before too. It's not window dressing. Um, I do hope that your investment gives you something of equivalent power. It's not that it, if you don't, you know, worship the God of truth, then, you know, your build is messed up. But I do, and I do want to also have it be something that every god gives something of value to every class i and i want it not necessarily to be equal mm. but i want it to be equitable in the sense that you know i'm i'm not stuck even though the game doesn't necessarily you know say okay if you're a paladin you need to worship the three gods or this one god i don't want it to be a choice i'm forced into I want there to be, you know, if I want to be, I don't know, a dark, you know, I want to kind of operate in the gray areas. I want to be kind of an anti-hero, right? Could I be a paladin that's all about like, you know, smiting and that's almost more of a gray area versus totally light and dark. Maybe I'm more about, you know, a murdered in. Oh, I don't know how it how it would go, but I, I do want there to be a lot of layers with this, um, and that's I kind of keep coming back to that. I want there to be a lot of different variation, and I don't want it necessarily to be pigeonholed. I, again, yeah, I mean we talk, you know, again, chat talks about meta. Yeah, I, one thing that mm -hmm. I do like is the the you know the developers keep talking about. We want meta to be something people are always chasing. There's a, isn't always going to be, you know, the one way to do something, right? There should be, you know, varying ways to accomplish your goals. Ever changing. So hoping, yeah, ever changing. You know, I do hope that that also comes into this hor horizontal progression path. Is you know, <clears throat> keep it dynamic. Don't let there always be, you know, a linear path. So, I mean, I think they're going to be on board with this. Um, and you know, even just talking through the progression, right? You know, depending on, you know, this is one of the quotes, right, um, from Stephen. Depending on the follower's skills, I'm, by follower, I'm assuming he needs player. 
services that are offered by this node could be, you know, many things. For those among the followers who hold a certain set of skills, there are orders of the seven, each of the orders answers to a different hierarchy within the various grand temples of the seven that are found throughout Vera. So, right, that, you know, that makes me think, you know, there is going to be maybe some synergies, but I'm hoping it's not, okay, there's only now a narrowed set of choices for a rogue or a paladin or what have you, right? I, I want there to be different things you can make and you might, if you want to, you know, uh, nail down a certain play style, then you're going to have to make some choices. But uh, yeah, I mean, assuming it's done right, I mean, it could be a really cool way to differentiate your class and your character. But to me, there's there's still a lot of unknowns for, and things for us to test um, in order for us to really build this out. But it, it would be nice that we have equitable choices across the gods so people aren't necessarily forced into a smaller set of choices. Yeah, meta is always going to be a thing, like chat says, but I want meta to be something that people are like, okay, this is the meta, and then like a month later, oh, no, this is not the meta anymore. We need to do something else, right? I mean, I want it to be that. Not frustrating, but I still want there to be, you know, some options so that there isn't always like an I win button. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I win buttons usually, at least traditionally, kind of revolve around, especially PvP, with stun locking. Whatever's going to stun lock them. So I mean, there were days when you used to you have combat in MMORPGs where it was usually like, yeah, there were stuns and CCs and things like that. There are also ways to mitigate that. And then there are also ways to, like, you know, come down to player skill to where, like, it isn't going to be the CC that necessarily is going to really be the make or break for a fight. It comes down to a long fight that can take time. And, you know, at the end of it all coming down to skill, like did I use my cooldown too early too many times? Uh, did I overheal too many times and burn through my mana, etc. But I feel like, and this is look, I might get some flack on this, but I feel like when stun lock becomes the main, I, I've seen this outside of MMORPGs. I've seen it in games like right. Divinity 2 Original Sin. Like the the win button is is frost damage. You frost it all to death and you stun it to death and it it doesn't do any. It what are the what's the point in all the other abilities and skills and stuff if that's what everybody's gonna play, right? It, it's lazy game design and it seems to be the the easy option for a lot of game developers. And I blame the game developers. I don't blame the players, right? It's lazy design yeah. at the end of the day. And so the thing that I appreciate about what what Intrepid Studios is doing is we don't we don't want Stunlock to be a thing. Which tells me that they're going the route of not the casual, not what's going to be easiest. Because from my perspective as an in-game raider, PvP player, uh, what's going to be easiest is Stunlock. That's the easiest thing to do. You just make sure you keep your stuns on them. You don't have to really use too much else. Now, if it comes down to like stun lock not being a thing, well, now you're talking about your rotations, your cooldowns. You're talking about coordinating. You remember back in the day when you used to have to run and you go into like uh, in World of Warcraft, for example, perfect example. You have all these mobs. You need your hunter. You need your polymorphs. You need your traps. You need all those things. And you got to pick targets down one at a time. 
right? right. Now, the, what's the what's the typical uh, gameplay? Let's line sight everything here and nuke it down and keep mm-hmm. going. And that's like the pretty much the way that most MMORPGs go when it comes to raiding and dungeons, when you're clearing ads and stuff. Line the sight and kill it. I do it. I, I'll admit it. I do it because that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we've been trained to do as players. It went from think to you know steamroll right you get to a certain thing i mean cc is an afterthought and i I do i mean i'm kind of on both sides here i mean i there should be diminishing returns on cc just unlock isn't a thing but cc should still have a place within you know as a strategic tool right to your point um there's got to be a choice to say okay do I use my stun now or do I use it later, right? Is this kind of, you know, my last chance to, you know, one-up whoever I'm fighting, right? And we talked about this before. You know, the the team has has mentioned their philosophy is we're balancing content for groups. Yeah. Right? But the one thing that I would have to say, just, you know, coming back to early MMO experience, Dark Age of Camelot, Right. You just have that whole, you know, okay, somebody got a group mez off first and everybody's just chilling, waiting for somebody to kill them. Right. And and it just keeps going and going and going. So, again, I hope there is going to be choice. There's going to be skill involved in any aspect. There isn't an I win button and encounters, not only from a PvP perspective, right? But from a PVE perspective, give you a chance to think, okay, what did I do wrong? What could I do differently? Is it, and I don't want it to follow the same pattern all the time. Okay, somebody got their son off first, they win. Yeah. Right? That would make, to me, that would make the combat um, very, and I think somebody said it in chat, very boring. It's boring, man. Like, yeah, when when the when the mechanic is, can I stun lock them? Like, it, it I, I look I like CCs when they're used to inhibit a player or whatever inhibit said target from being able to use a skill something that can be coordinated within a group effort etc that's all great right but whenever you go and it's like let's just stun them as long as possible so they can't do anything that's not a fight to me that's not a fight a fight goes back and forth a fight doesn't right. include just completely incapacitating something so they cannot possibly do anything at all like to me that's super super lazy that tells me you don't want to like work on it yeah yeah. this is going to be the make or break i mean i've talked about this in other you know other forums this one too right you know there's there's three things that are really gonna differentiate this game it's going to be the the node system and how they implement it and how it changes the world and those those choices therein. It's going to be how classes combine and synergize. It's going to be those choices of primary and secondary. And, I mean, and, and it's going to be how the combat comes into play and how it works. So I'm I'm really hoping that once we get over, you know, the the baseline performance work the stuff that you know people you know you know generally don't give a rip about but is super important to you know also balance the game is how well the back end performs 
I really hope there's plenty of time for us to test all these different, you know, variations of combat and they get a lot of people in that. And it's good they have a testing ground in Apocalypse. It's not, you know, obviously a lot of people's favorites. It's not the MMO, but it's still, okay, let's see what, you know, what data that can give us. And I'm hoping that in conjunction with what we're testing in the MMO really gives us something that even at a baseline is is good for us. And and there's always going to be things to tweak, right? Balancing is never, you know, a done deal as new gear comes out, as new content comes out, right? There's always going to be something different. But I, I do, you know, hope that whatever that baseline is, is, is something that's strong enough where, yeah, it can handle some variation and some bumps in the road as we kind of go through kind of a rock, paper, scissors. I just don't want it to be like rock, paper, shotgun. <laughs> rock, pa- rock, paper, shotgun. Right. There's, there's, and that's the I win philosophy that we're talking about here, right? Is, is let there be point and counterpoint. 1v1 is never going to be balanced. People need to get over that. Yeah, well, right. yeah, it's not. you're going to need to travel in groups, right? And you're, I mean, there is going to be some level of danger and there's going to be some dumb choices that you might make and you'll learn from those choices and not do those choices again. But I, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. climatic said it in mm-hmm. there as long as I don't have to reroll. Because the one thing, mm-hmm. I love my paladin, you know, I, I you know, and they terms all got to be viable. Right. Always. Exactly. But there were definitely days when I wanted to shelve the Paladin and have shelved the Paladin because it felt like there wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't something that was viable. And it took some time. So I'm hoping, at least at, at a baseline, there there is going to be some balance where, okay, you know what, it's going to take some skill to learn, but you can all find a way to kind of have that in the base game. And that's all we can hope for to start. It's not going to be 100%. You know, there's always going to be some, you know, skills here and there, but I hope that they mm-hmm. get, you know, the 80-20 rule, the majority of it right. Yeah, we're talking Pantheon. We're going into game designs. God, it's like, you know, everyone's got the thing. I'm just going to say this one point, right? A perfect example of where they ruined, like a Paladin, for example, into the Wrath of Lich King in fight, right? When you're at Arthas, right? Uh all of those abilities were completely nullifying everything a paladin could, paladin could do. If you're a paladin tank, good luck. Because I paladin tanked at that time, and you could not function. Because every ability that you had used to like mitigate damage or hold aggro used mana, and he silenced you, he silenced locked you the whole fight. So I was like, well, this is great. My main's not worth a damn right now. I guess I'm going to have to go play my DK because he doesn't use anything. It takes magic. Right. He uses runic runes. I mean, so, okay. You know, like that kind of stuff where it's like, well, I guess I got to play this character now because this one's absolutely worthless in this scenario. That's the kind of stuff that I go back and go, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Yeah. I mean, give you, or at least give you, you're raiding out to say if you've got a paladin tank, you know your mages need to be on to do something, or somebody needs to flip a switch somewhere and be on point to help you out. So it's a team effort, right? You know mm-hmm. that's that's where again the encounters shouldn't you know necessarily always have to go the same way. You have to think on your feet. You have to know 
your raid comp, you have to work within those confines, you know, that to me is is going to be game design that is going to make people think, right? And not, you know, punish somebody for making a class choice. Punish them for not kind of reaching whatever that skill cap is, right? And in terms of, you know, awareness. That's, to me, that's okay, right? Um, where, and don't, yeah, agreed. I, I think you know, they've said it in, in chat here too. Don't make one class rule mm-hmm. them all. Right? Give everybody, you know, a, a point and counterpoint. You know, give yourself some options. You know, no mm-hmm. must-have classes, right? No ways to kind of, Joe, oh, you're a paladin or you're a rogue. We don't need you, right? Give their give your raid some choices. This is what happens when you talk about augmentation. Yeah, I think we we did go down somewhat of a. We did a ra- we rabbit hole a bit. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, it comes back to the statement though, right? Which is, uh, you're gonna have the the choice of choosing a religion enabled player to walk a light or, or a dark path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's gonna impact theory crafting. Uh, one thing I want to touch touch on before we definitely get to the end of this topic conversation is the order of the seven, right? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, this is like totally order of hope is an alien human order based in the capital of Ayla. The patron deity is Resna. You've got, uh, you know, these are the three that we know, right? The Quebec orc is fate. So we know that these are going to be tied in traditionally with races. Mm-hmm. Uh, patron deity is Norland, Norlon. Uh, the order of truth is Pyrian elf. Oh man. I wonder if that's why <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I said God of truth. As the uh-huh. paladin, you said God of Hope, human, uh, elf, elf. Isn't that interesting? Okay, I'm gonna throw this out there. I know, um, even though BCG <laughs> took a step back from the community, yeah. he's probably smiling. Is his ear, his orc ears are burning right now? But I, I like the idea of fate being a god, and it. I mean, I, I, I like they're giving orcs something meaty here mm. versus something that's, you know, specifically on, Oh, orcs are evil spectrum. Right. Fate seems to be like, to me, like alignment agnostic, right? It could be good. It could be bad. Right. And I like that. I like, again, layers. I mean, I've kind of talked about this a lot as a concept. So, you know, I guess I'm, you know, on Shrek's on the mind here, orcs have layers. <sighs> You know, instead of ogres have layers, orcs have layers. But I, I do like that. And it at some point, you know, I may mess around with an orc because you know what? I, uh, I, I want to see how that plays as a character to see like what fate is. And orcs to me in this game, more than any other, I have some fascination with yeah. that I didn't have in other games. They didn't really appeal to me in World of Warcraft. Never have. Yeah. I mean, I had orcs, but they were like my brutes because yeah. that's the way that 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 archetype was, you know, structured. But here you've got like you've got one sect of orcs, which are out of the two, the sub races for the orcs. Right. You've got your star children, which is why I think fate's kind of cool. And then you got like your Bushido children, almost the yeah. warrior race. But it's very much like that had a very Bushido vibe to it. 
And the other one had this very much like star child. And you don't, you know, to be to be honest, like the idea of the order of fate, I feel like that ties in a lot with like the, you know, them watching the stars, having their towers. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very different for orcs, traditional orcs we've seen in MMORPGs. And I do, I do get, I mean, I think at some point Steven did throw in his, you know, his Star Trek type of thing. Because <laughs> I kind of see that um, the race of orcs um, that is more kind of along the lines of the Bushido, as you said, it does feel like kind of Klingon-ish, right? You've got some type oh, of yeah, yeah. honor, some type of like, you know, trial by pain, that kind of thing. I mean... There's definitely those themes there too, and again, it's a it's a way to mix in the familiar with something that's maybe a new spin, right? That orcs aren't necessarily, um, again, you know, one one note, right? There's there's layers, there's layers. Yeah, Basically. speaking of onion armor, it's talking about layers <laughs> <Yeah>. over here. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the, 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 there will be layers in the armors too <laughs> yeah i still really do feel like you know so i look at this one quote and he's like steven said going to have advancement within the re- religion and within the church that you're a part of and those advancements are going to be both ref- reflective of the community's development of the religion with uh religion out in the world building temples building infrastructure for that completing certain quests for it and then you'll benefit from the community's development of the specific religion via uh, or via having certain augment abilities that you'll gain access to, be able to apply it to, on top of your secondary class augments to skills. And it's going to reflect what the nature of that religion is. So you're going to have, I'm hearing religion is going to influence the way the skill functions. Mm-hmm. And then you got, if your light or dark path also being a, a contributing factor in that. So pretty cool, um, especially if it's going to change the visualization mm-hmm. from just like a, you know, cosmetic nerd scenario for, for the cosmetic people, like visualizations. Because we already know, like, there's a variant for skills that's part mm-hmm. of the Kickstarter backing thing that happened. Right. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this is going to be kind of thing. And I, I like that because the idea of being able to maybe even tailor the way that you're, abilities look compared to someone else of maybe a very similar archetype but you can look different have your own kind of flavor and appearance to how that looks and how you function kind of all in one i i like that not so yeah, cookie cutter. I, yeah exactly and i like when we you know we got something in the blog around science right yeah and and kind of having that have kind of a big kind of world changing influence with the travel I'm now it makes me think of you know is there's a superpower with the science so now again now how did do we bring like that divine piece how does that kind of fit in and synergize or work against as as mm-hmm. a catalyst for conflict with you know a divine node yeah. how does that kind of jump in so there is a lot there right that I think we're we're we've yet to uncover i mean mm-hmm. i know we're not going to get all the answers and maybe it'll raise more questions but it will be interesting to see how that balances you know against how the other nodes balance against what we've already you know found out about the science node 
what's going to motivate players to really put forward not only a divine node, but a certain god in the pantheon or set of gods in the and it, how do those puzzle pieces fit in? Uh-huh. You know, something I'm actually really hoping is, you know, how Steven did his round robin with uh, podcasts and stuff a while back mm-hmm. with, with people who are pretty active at producing content and the Ashes mm-hmm. community. He went and he dropped by. He dropped by here, DCN, a couple other ones, right, Jalon? And, yeah, Jalon. And Golden, Golden Feather. Feather. Mm-hmm. And so between all four, he we had the opportunity to take community questions and Asked them, and we did it. It this took place not long after we got some focus on the scientific node. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping we get to see some more of this, like as we have big pieces of information like this. So then we can go to the community and you all, and we can go, okay, just like we did, right? We checked the discords, our discords that we we're a part of. We got questions for people. Um, mm-hmm. Went to the forums, got questions there. Got to ask them all. We got to take all the community questions. So, you know, if you're watching this and you've got some idea and some curiosity, like just think about it. We get to divine node type. This is when we want to make sure we're asking stuff like that. If this opportunity presents itself again, right? Right. We want to take the opportunities. Like you've got your creators that are able to interview and talk to them and stuff. You know, go toss your questions out there. You know, what's the worst case scenario? It doesn't get asked. I mean, more than likely... If it's not the same thing that's been asked already, it's probably going to get asked. It's definitely going to get asked by me. Mm-hmm. But something new. We had some really good questions that came from everybody. So, you know, hats off to all of you who contributed to that to that conversation and with questions that we were able to use that weren't rep- repeated questions. Uh, I'm not going to ask questions that we all know have been asked a dozen times already. You know, respectfully to 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 you all and to to them. I don't want to waste anyone's time when it's something we can just be like, go check this out. You know, could do the research. It's there. But mm-hmm. yeah, these are opportunities for us to do that. And, uh, you know, the one thing I wanted to kind of add on that is if we know like Metropolis, uh, a divine node, for example, we know that you're going to be able to like if the leader says, ah, I've got the option to unlock certain things, you know, that could be what those augments are going to be, what those perks are going to be, too. And it right. could be that it's like in chat, like I would like a passive. It could be that it's a passive that just that functions for some of us. And then there's this other thing you got to go to like the temple to augment and that could change this week. You get this, this next week you get this. It could be something that one week is like, ah, if you're a PVP person, this one's really more for combat. You can use this in PVP or maybe raiding dungeons next week. You get one that's maybe more gathering oriented for crafters. And it's like, you know, this is your week to really focus on something. If you're part of this node, you know, it really adds up. I mean, that dynamic, you know, really makes it like, what's your focus in game? You know, what node do you really want to be associated with? What do you just want to pass through and contribute? And what do you want to like really be invested in? Build a home in. Right. It kind of comes down to the citizenship thing. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the primary driver now. So where do I want to ally myself? How is that going to help me personally? Yeah. And does that put me at odds with, you know, another node within my guild right within my social organization that i want i mean there are a lot of choices here right and i like that just because i'm in a guild that doesn't necessarily limit what i can do i can make a personal decision to either align myself Mm -hmm. with the node that my guild is going for or you know what I can identify with something else and that, and and that still being an okay choice, right. And that ultimately 
you know, it could be brother against brother. Could be. Yeah. Right. We talked about that a bit, I think, in our interview too. Yeah. Right. Is how does this all play out? Well, then if, you know, my guild is, you know, primarily of another node and they're attacking me, now I have to make a choice. Do I, you know, drop my brother where he stands because he is attacking my node? I mean, or do I, you know, swear fealty to my guild and that is something that I personally choose, even though the game says, okay, citizenship rules all. Right. Right. So it, it'll be interesting. It definitely feels like there's a lot of political choice here as well as, you know, uh, you know, other, again, other, other layers, other pros and cons to making a decision. It really feels like it makes the game weighty in a good way. The last thing I want to talk about is shrines. And it's something that previously I hadn't really touched on when on shows we've actually discussed this. And it says, uh, you know, players may be able to build shrines on their freehold plot. And based on their progression within their religion, which we've talked about, they could grant uh, access to certain uh, tithes that can be made to your deity. Um, it could also be stepping stone to unlock deeper progression within a religion. Shrines will not provide the same benefits as temples. They are the next best thing, so players might be able to pay to use other players' freehold shrines. So, can I stack different? You know, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, "Hey, homie, I want you to have this deity, this deity, this deity, this deity," and then can I go and get a blessing from these lesser shrines? But maybe only temple get that major blessing, mm -hmm. right? Whole whole another level to to um to theory crafting here. So you've got augmentation, you've got these types of buffs. Yeah. It's just a whole, whole hodgepodge of information to kind of throw at you all, the viewers, the listeners, this is an opportunity to kind of to do some theory crafting and come up with some questions, shoot them our way or shoot them at the devs. Live stream is tomorrow. Actually mm -hmm. live streams tomorrow on their Twitch at is it 2 p.m uh pacific or is it 11 yeah 11 uh, no it's a, i thought it was at 11 11 right i'm sorry it's 11 a.m pacific which would be 1 p.m central 2 p.m eastern here in the u.s so definitely check it out um ask your questions hopefully they get answered uh otherwise i'm hoping we get to see something good uh i feel like it'd be nice to see something just as daedalus says meaty Mm -hmm. I'd like to see something substantial, um, you know. And but we're supposed to get something housing related, right? So I'm assuming housing boy. equal freehold, right? right? So I'm hoping we some of these questions, you know, will get answered, and maybe more questions, you know, will give us topics for discussion. So good. Yeah, especially the whole shrine situation that's freehold related, home related. So, mm. Daedalus, final thoughts before we kind of wrap this up. Um, just like just a couple. I mean, I think we've covered most of it. I mean, I'm glad they're making, you know, the Pantheon meaningful, having a place in the world that there's, you know, some lore richness that we'll be able to discover. I'm just hoping, again, that it this horizontal progression doesn't translate to an I win button. I hope there's equitable rewards for the investment of time that a player you know, puts in across the classes. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, those are kind of my main points uh, that they. I hope 
that they do do that. Yeah, me too. And uh, for me, I just, you know, my final thoughts are let's keep the information coming. I'd love to see some more on the divine node in the future. Um, and I'd like to see some of your questions. So definitely when this goes up on YouTube, it'll be up by Wednesday. It always is. Uh, it goes up to Patreon supporters tonight. And then it goes live, actually goes live usually tomorrow night before Wednesday, but live by Wednesday on YouTube. And like I said, uh, you're going to start seeing these kind of streamed on multiple platforms, but they'll still go to the same place, same time and everything. Uh, DLive will be the primary place to see this. Um, and I just want to say a huge shout out to all of you crusaders. Um, yeah, I really can't say thank you enough. You guys have been ridiculously supportive of the move to DLive. Um, overwhelmingly supportive. And I just want to say that it means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Uh, it definitely keeps this Crusaders fire burning strong. Uh, so thank you so much. Hashtag get Dustin. Get at your boy. Ah, get Dustin. <laughs> and uh, if you're going, get Dustin, what does he mean? Daedalus, could you please? Lightforge Bay Powder coming to a store near you. We just need to get Steven to, uh, you know. Endorse it. Endorse yeah, it's, it. It's going to be on merch somewhere. <laughs> You know, we need to like go to like Pax West or something. Just give him, <laughs> just give him like, here you yeah, go, exactly. Steven. Complimentary Light Forge baby powder. Okay, just want you to wear it. Come on, buddy. Come on. He'll totally wear, wear it. it. It'll be like, can we get, can we get a trio pick? Can we get a trio pick? Let's get it. Can I get it? Or just get have it. it on the stream table. Yeah. Just, just like... don't don't bang the table so that the dust goes. <laughs> yeah. That would I think MK would lose it. At that oh point. yeah, she'd lose. <laughs> she would lose it. Like, I told him not to play around. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for everyone who's hung out. Thanks for contributing to the conversation on, on the live stream today. Thanks so much to you, Crusaders, to you, Ashes Pathfinders, who join us, whether it's here in live stream or on YouTube watching. It's coming to a actual podcast soon. I'm so sorry. I've been saying that for months. I just haven't had time. I will be making time within the next 30 days. I promise you'll see it on at least two different places. I've got a couple in mind. Uh, I'll be sharing that in the near future. Thank you so much, everyone. It's been great. Dayless's links are in chat. You see that? I actually made a thing for that. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, son. Always. And uh, you can catch us in all our seven things. Check for all my links in the descriptions below. As usual, Dayless is here. And as usual, in all the same places. You guys have a great week. And until next time, we will catch you on stream. Have a good night and week, everyone. Thank you all.